Hey friends, welcome back. It's Love Essie, the podcast, and this is episode 20. So you guys have been listening to my voice for 20 weeks, 20 Mondays in a row, two zero. Oh my goodness. And this week, uh, I am talking to you all about uh, a Nalini Singh book, of course. Of course, it's a Nalini Singh because, you know, we're, we're working our way through the series, the Side Changeling series. And we are on Shards of Hope. Shards of Hope. This is Aiden and Zyra's book. Um, I call her Zyra. It could be Zaira. No, I call her Zyra. That's what I'm sticking to. That's that's what I'm going to say. And Aiden. Um, spelled A-D-E-N, not A-I-D-A-N, whatever. I call him Aiden. If you're like, no, Esther, it's Aden. It's Aden. Girl, that's, that's you. But for me, he is Aiden. So yes, this book is... The book after this, Allegiance of Honor, is sort of like a... That book doesn't focus on a couple. So this is the last book before Allegiance of Honor where our main focus um, or our central storyline, I guess you could say, is about, you know, our main characters and their happily ever after. Then we get Allegiance of Honor and then the second arc, which is the side changeling Trinity arc begins. Okay, so you're probably like, okay, what does that mean? What that means is by the time you get to Shards of Hope, a lot of the questions that you may have had in book one, Slave to Sensation, um, have started to be answered, right? In some cases, the answer to those questions leads to more questions, which is why we continue to get more books and also beg and plead for more books. Um, So by this point, um silence which what is the side protocol that we first learn about in that first book which is it's just over 100 it's up 100 years old because we started out in 2079 and it was implemented in 1979 anyway um by the time we get to this book silence as a ruling protocol for this side race has fallen but as you if you've read the book Arwar and even if you haven't read the book can imagine when you have a ruling body that has implemented certain structures and then that ruling body collapses and those structures start to loosen what then happens right there are going to be people who are going to try to take over to establish themselves as the new world order etc 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 it's been really interesting because when i started rereading the series right i started rereading back at the end of december um the first episode was you know december 30th my birthday and the current pandemic uh was something that was still on the horizon it was really close but it still didn't we didn't really know and when I say we, I mean people out, you know, in the United States and North America um, didn't really understand what it would then come to mean. So now that I'm reading, you know, still reading the series, but now we're in May, um, you know, uh, t- I'm there are parts of this this series that I'm like, ooh, um, 
I see the reflection of these moments in, you know, everyday life, um, and vice versa. So, so yeah, this book, we've got our two main characters, uh, Zyra, Nev, and what's Aiden's last name? I'm blanking on that, which is terrible. So let me go to the book, um, while I'm still talking to y'all, and I'll, tell you guys but the these are our two main characters don't they stop aiden kai 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 they're both arrows right and so the book right before this shield of winter we got vasic's book so up until this point we've got two arrows one former member of the squad but you know still part of still connected to them so we got judd's book right that was the first time we heard anything about arrows but judd left the arrows when he defected with his family so he obviously didn't know a lot of what was going on and wasn't aware that there was a rebel faction within the arrow squad um and that is talked about throughout the books where both vastic and Aiden weren't sure and he was such a good arrow that they were like, mm, maybe he isn't like one of us and wants to rebel against whatever the hell's going on. And later it's like, oh, you were one of us. So we've gotten his book and then we've gotten Vasic's book, which, you know, was literally the book before. So this is our third book with an arrow as one of our main characters. But in this case, both of our main characters are arrows, right? One of the things that um, I really enjoy about the series but also specifically about this book is the fact that um Zyra is just I guess it's like instead of this idea of like oh only you know a certain group of people are soldiers and whatever having these very very offensive and hard to control uh psych abilities isn't just relegated to to you know the male of the species it it's a free-for-all right you can be man woman whatever and have you know some crazy powers so we get to see what it happens when two people within this squad of you know like elitist you know the the most elite of the elite sort of black ops squads falls in love and then all the bullshit that they're that they're dealing with on top of the fact that they both have an in like baggage you know at a level of 10 and so we get to see these two come together um deal with a lot of what they're dealing with while also you know the world is changing and aiden as the head of the squad is and not just as the head of the squad, but as the head of the squad and wanting to, you know, be the best leader he can be for them is having to figure out how to position the squad so that they do not, you know, so that they're not, they're never again in the future in the position of being used um, for someone else's gain, right? So that they are no longer just expendable for somebody else to achieve you know mass amounts of power whether it be monetary or otherwise which is what ming lebong was doing ming was just kind of like i've got like my little group of assassins they're 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 mine i was like no this the the squad was never just meant for 
for, to benefit you, sir. Squad was meant to protect the Psy race as a whole. Um, so we get to see all of that happening in this book. Um, and I think one of the things that um, I really appreciate is that we... Aiden and Zyra are two people who, based on their um, skill level, right, their amazing arrows and all of the things that they're able to do, it's not a question of, like, someone coming to save somebody. I, I personally think it's more that they save each other because they both have very, very big emotional scars um, because both of them had parents who traumatize them in different ways, right? Zyra's parents, whoa, we're talking psychos, cuckoos, it just, there are no words, right? Aiden's parents weren't like that, but like what they did to him, I think is 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 just as bad you know literally leaving your child behind and never letting that it, it there's just a lot that happens there so I, I really like that we get to see these two characters that physically right are so strong and are so intelligent all all of these things that you're like oh but uh other people are just like you know regular regular people these are not regular regular people these are people who are like at the top of who the power structure and seeing how they navigate this and i think also what's really interesting is every time we have characters that are psi falling in love as opposed to changelings and humans who even if they have had horrible back history to understand the concepts of love even if they've never had it for themselves and think that they don't deserve it or whatever but like the psi don't even have that right so now the psi you know are having to look to changelings or other people that they know or trust to see like what does that look like um and what does that look like and what does love look like not just at an individual and interpersonal level right not just love between you know these two people in a relationship but what does love look like in terms of a family in terms of a community in terms of uh, almost in terms of a system because Aiden understands that the way arrows have been trained is not the way that they can continue to train because he's not interested in using and having torture be the way that everyone learns how to have control because obviously that is damaging. So how do you then learn or not learn, teach control, teach discipline within a framework that includes, you know, compassion and empathy and love and kindness and i i love 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 this book because it talks about those things and i feel like to me it reminds me of the fact that like um this might seem like a really insane tangent to y'all but a, a a friend that i follow on instagram had talked about how too much of the focus about self-care is about caring for the individual self right everyone's like you know self-care right now is having a you know a movement a time especially while we're all trapped at home and everyone it seems like the general idea of self-care is you know a bubble bath candles 
face mask, a pedicure, a manicure, things to make your physical being feel better. And then sometimes people are willing to go into a little bit more like yoga, eating better. But what it what she mentioned was like self-care it should not be divided from caring for the community you're in, which I think is something that needs to be talked about more in the sense that like if you're just caring for yourself on a very individual level if everyone else around you has no care and is hurt and is whatever then like how much how much does the self-care that you do for yourself really help you because you you still live within the society within this framework you still have to go out and encounter these people who you know are 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 damaged and flawed and don't have you know um don't have the the comfort or the security of knowing that there is some that there is care so this concept of like how do we teach um arrow children without resorting to literal torture and how do we create the kind of spaces um, that will be needed for them to feel safe enough to know that they can take that step to embrace emotion. Um, that just really stuck out to me because I think um, for us in a you know real world, not in this lovely paranormal universe that Nalini Singh has created for us, in our real world, how do we extend care to those around us? The our families, our extended families, our communities, so that people feel safe. Especially right now when everything is feels so scary and so frightening and so, so terrifying. What do we then need to do as people to create that sense of community to then foster those feelings you're probably like what (laughs) but like as i was reading it those were the thoughts that i was having and again if you read it and you're like esther i i i did not i did not get these feelings i did not see this coming um how did you come to this i mean this is also not the first time i've read the book (laughs) um i've read it a few times and i this is also i've definitely been looking at the things that i read and and stopping and pausing and highlighting in ebook format only because i still can't bring myself to highlight physical books that is a me problem see yes i i know it i know it um but as i'm reading now uh and I'm doing it, I think, more with all of the romance I read, uh, but specifically with this series, I'm very much looking at the little things that I don't know that I would have necessarily caught on the first time I read or even the second time I read. But now, you know, third or fourth time through, (laughs) things are, are leaping off the page and I'm like, oh, oh, yes. Well, hello, I see a, a, a thought is coming to me, beamed down from on high. Um, so yeah, what I also, uh, without spoiling it, this book also, she throws in details that seem 
completely like whatever and now having read the last book so far in the series alpha night i'm like you mentioned this so just nonchalantly and look at what it now means and this what what this woman the way that she i feel like we i feel like you could teach a class on how to layer different moments and the and interconnect things for a series um and i do think obviously not now but at some point i really want to do deep dives into other book series i i I really think um, that I'm going to do Guilt Hunter after this. I really, ah, you might be like, bitch, what? Bitch, yes. Because, again, she's brilliant. Uh, But there is something, maybe it's also because in Paranormal, you do have to do a level of world building. Um, I mean, this isn't a completely different world from the world we live in. It's still planet Earth. The cities that we know and live in today exist in this world she's created right new york san francisco moscow like these are these are real cities for us in our data you know in our real you know physical life um but the world that she is built on i you know i guess the foundation of you know real planet earth is different and does have different ways of handling things and then also does it and i think that i'm just like ooh. mm. so it's like there's there's just i mean you're like what is happening here esther i'm just she does a really good job i think of putting little bits of information that later when you're you get to the point where that information becomes relevant you're like hold up hold up but I did not see this coming. I mean, I should have, but I didn't. But wow. And I will definitely be rereading Alpha Night, like, uh, and multiple times because, uh, Selenka and Ethan are a couple that I'm like, hmm, they're moving up in the rankings. Um, but yes, back to Shards of Hope. This book, I really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, and. One of the things, one of the other things that I think in this non-spoilery part that also kind of sticks out to me in this book, right? We've got all these arrows who are trying to pivot from what they know and what they were taught, which is awful, and trying to transition into different ways of doing things that are more positive, less hurtful, etc., um but then as always in all groups not everyone wants to be better and that is accepted and acknowledged and it's never like oh well you know i think it's really easy to declare people as unworthy and you know just cutting them out and saying well they're ignorant and they didn't want to change and they continue to and so um and there's a scene there feel like this book tries to tackle that and being like you can have people be part of your group who end up not 
not getting to where you wanted them to get to, right? Falling far short from that. Potentially even being, you know, that nightmare that you're trying to escape from. And yet there were moments where they weren't evil or the worst or, you know, did protect others. I mean, it was obviously selfish, but they don't necessarily need to be completely thrown out from the fold. And for me, at least, that's something that I do sometimes. I have a very, I'm very easy to be like, "Ah, I cut you from my life and you're gone forever, never to be seen or heard from again. Um, But it is nice to be reminded that like, you know what, you don't have to do that. I mean, if you want to, I I ain't gonna stop you, but you don't have to do that. Okay, so I'm gonna pause here, right? And then I'm gonna come back and do spoilers. And then after that, I have to talk to you guys about this other book that I read that is not an Alini saying that I really enjoyed and wasn't sure what to make up because it's a series, but I've only read one book in the series and this book was very different from the one I did read in some way. So I was kind of like, whoa, but I really enjoyed it. So I will be sharing my thoughts on uh, that book later, okay? I will talk to you. I'm just pausing here, guys. Come back in, you know, literally uh, seconds. All right, friends, I've returned. And now we're going to talk about Shards of Hope, but I'm like gonna, like going to spoil it. So if you're like, oh, but I didn't want it to be spoiled, then don't listen to this part. Um, <laughs> because, you know, this, this is the spoiled part. The part where it is spoiled for you, um, for me, for everybody. So... As I was mentioning earlier, um, this book, right, our two main characters, Zyra Nev and um, Aiden Kai, are both arrows. And Aiden is leader of the arrows. And up until this point, I mean, I think it's in Caleb's. Is it in Caleb's book? Heart of Obsidian? Mm, maybe not. It's either Heart of Obsidian or Shield of Winter where Aiden is able to work side by side with Caleb as they're trying to uh, keep the net from falling apart. So yeah, that might be either tail end of Heart of Obsidian or early in Shield of Winter. Anyway, um, they work side by side and like Caleb Krychek is a dual cardinal, right? So his power is literally off the charts. Aiden is supposed to just be a regular degular like psi in terms of like he has two um psi powers that are both in sort of that middle portion of the gradient really low and i in sienna's book kiss of snow there is uh some talk about the fact that walker wait is it in that but no no the first time that the idea that if you have two mid-range abilities you can amplify one of them and, you know, get closer to the higher end of the the brain in terms of power. The first time that actually comes up is in um, Katya and Dev's book, which I'm blanking on the name, which is Blaze Memory, um, because that was something that Katya could do because she had two sort of mid-range abilities or she had, uh, I think her telepathy was like a six point something or five. And then she had something else that was like also in the four or five. So she could then amplify the telepathy and get like, you know, messages out really well. So that's the first time that's mentioned. So 
Aiden also has, you know, these two sort of mid-range, um, but we realize in his book that there, there is so much more that he can do and that he's not just, like, the level of power he can wield is like, oh girl, no beside is coming. And unlike a cardinal that has, you know, the very distinctive eyes that you, you know, black with the white stars. So cardinals, you can, you, you see their eyeballs and you're like, oh yeah, cardinal. But in Aiden's case, it's like, nah, he just looks like a regular, you know, like every other side. And the idea is that he was only ever in the Arrow Squad program because his parents were both Arrows. Okay, so let me, let me stop right here. Aiden has two parents, a mother and a father, who are both Arrows. Now, I thought it was really, there isn't much that's mentioned in terms of that. But I thought it was really interesting that these two Arrows decided to... Uh, go into sort of a what is it conception agreement together because why would they have done that now these two arrows his parents definitely saw I guess some of the writing on the wall I think they're the same age as Minglebon or some, some so maybe they saw that like the council was getting more and more focused on personal gain and we're like nah arrows are being used up to maintain power for certain people but not for what they're supposed to be which is to protect all side so his parents end up dying in air quotes so that they can exit the squat and set up you know places to save other arrows as they get discarded by Ming because Ming is like oh this one's you know not operating at the way I wanted to so he you know he or she can go bye bye so all that happens and they leave their son behind um and it's like you you have to basically to aid it it's like you have to be this like sort of sleeper agent um in the arrow squad but he's like nine when this happens so I thought it was, I guess for me, it's like, oh, these two arrows decide to like pro, you know, have a child who I, oh, maybe there's a brief mention of like, they probably both had high, like, um, were high on gradients. So maybe they thought that they together, they would create like a, a child with like crazy power. And then their kid comes out with like, you know, two sort of mid range abilities. And they're just like, okay, so you're, you're, you're kind of a dud. Which is like, actually, your son is not a dud. He's actually more powerful than you ever could have imagined. But, like, you are kind of problematic. Um, So, yeah, so we've got him. He's got his parents who didn't physically abuse him. But also abandoned him to a horrific arrow training program at nine. And then we've got Zyra, whose parents. So, she is, I think, a 9.3 telepath which is like crazy high and so that someone on that that close to cardinal because i think cardinal is like after 9.9 um would be co-opted by the council her family didn't want that because they wanted to hold on to her power but obviously didn't know how to train her so her parents like when i talk about if abuse is not something that you're comfortable with and you've gotten this part in the series this book might be a problem because her parents are oof, oh i mean We've definitely seen examples over and over again throughout the series of parents that are literal garbage. But damn, like these are, you know, these parents are so bad that Zyra 
is driven to kill them when she's seven. So imagine how bad two individuals have to be that a seven-year-old is like, my only way out is if these two people die. Um, So you're probably like, whoa. And I'm like, yeah. Uh, So we've got these two characters who, for all intents and purposes, have had very, very horrible, if almost non-existent childhoods and everything that that entails. And... We've obviously seen Aiden in previous books. Um, and then we obviously saw quite a bit of him in Vastic's book because him and Vastic are, you know, literally blood brothers. Uh, or not, <laughs> they're not literally like brothers by blood, but they might as well be, is what I meant. And now we meet Zyra, and she is capable and so smart and also so filled with rage. And understandable. Like, it's not like, she's filled with rage and we're confused as to why. No, it totally makes sense. I mean, me reading it, I'm filled with rage for her. This is a fictional character. I'm enraged. Enraged. So these two, we have one. Aiden is a character who has never been wanted in the sense, other than, aside from Vasek, and Zyra no one has ever wanted him for him they've wanted him to be you know the perfect arrow and all that jazz but no one's wanted him for him except for these two people in his life so that need to feel like he belongs to someone like he the man matters to someone not he the arrow not he the leader not he the this but him the individual man that need to belong to someone is absolutely massive within him on the flip side we've got zyra who was never allowed to own uh, own sorry guys someone decided to be mad loud outside uh, has never been allowed to own any any like thing like when she was a child there um there was one thing this is you know chapter 14 i'm gonna read this sentence to you because oh this shit hit me so hard so hard as a child she'd once collected shiny components from organizers discarded in the family's recycler she'd made herself a toy that sparkled in the thin beam of sunlight that seeped through the narrow window high up in her cage her parents had taken it mere days later taken the only pretty shiny thing she had and i remember like as I read this book, I was like, ooh, yeah, I'm remembering. There's a lot of emotional sort of moments that you're like, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, you touching nerves. You touching so many nerves. Dear God. And this was one of them because, I mean, to s- the fact that she had to create a toy for herself, right? Because even though her family was not poor by any means, they're not giving her any toys because they're trying to break her. And then she ends up still having the spirit and the ingenuity to create a toy for herself and for them to still take that from her so zyra um, is someone who just wants to hold on to what is hers by all means necessary and so we've got a man who is desperate to be wanted and a woman who is desperate to sort of hold on to what 
she believes is hers. So what I think, for me at least, what that means to me in the, the case of this story is that the emotional, the, what another person might have found as overwhelming or too possessive or smothering about Zyra, Aiden accepts and almost is like grateful for because that's like they're feeling the the sort of the holes in each other that other people who don't have their trauma would be like ooh this is gonna be a no for me this is gonna be a this no work I don't like it take it back step back your love is too much it's too big um and so I really I think that's why this couple in some ways works so well together because they are able to fill these needs that they both have um, really well while also wanting the best for each other, right? Because it's not like, oh, let's fill these needs and like be toxic. And then, no, still wanting, you know, so much more um, from each other and wanting to be wanting to be what the other person needs even at the call like even when it might be even at the cost of themselves kind of thing um so yeah so we get this book uh obviously the world is in a place where it's like oh okay you know the bad guy's silence has fallen and everything's gonna be better now right like a fucking utopia no that's not how real life works um so of course there are problems of course there are people who want to sort of fill what they see as a power vacuum you know the people who want to be the ones who sort of rise to the top and create the new world order and are you know the new powers that be and those people realize obviously that they have to get rid of some people to be able to do that and the arrows is one of them and so there's this whole kidnapping plot and it's very 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 thought out and multi-layered and this these people sort of are going to be setting the base foundation of what the coming conflict will be um I don't think I realized that when I first read it but now I'm like okay I can see how everything that's happening in this book is why we are where we are in by the time we get to Alpha Knight like it's the trajectory now makes sense um and so this book is sort of showing us okay the fall of silence or silence falling which was seen as the big problem okay it's fallen now what and this this book starts to talk about the now what and we'll see that question answered in many different ways in the following books i mentioned in the non-spoiler part how aiden has is doing what he can to become a leader for the arrows to show them that they too can have a life and so one of the things that i thought was really key here right um the reason why the side embraced silence is because they had such high rates of insanity and people with certain not all of the sort of side powers will lead you to lashing out and murdering half your family but the powers that everyone who is an arrow has is 
that's definitely the case. Like, there's a reason why they get given over to the arrows to be trained because it's like the power that you have is hella powerful, hella crazy. Like, it's not just like you can kill people, you can incapacitate people, you are not just the, like, a MSI, you know, medical side, where you can just, like, see the layers of stuff, no, you can, like, you're a telekinetic, meaning you can, like, rupture things, or bring them together, all of that, what Aiden is realizing, um, and I like that they, they show the, the parallel with the changelings, is that, like, so changelings, especially for predatory changelings, not so, we haven't, really gotten any glimpses into non-predatory changelings but when we look at predatory changelings which would be dark river the leopards snow dancer the wolves um obviously those children have to learn how to control like have to learn control and discipline over their animal over their animal um self because they can't just like go clawed whenever they want to they can't just hurt their friends with their claws and scratch up their faces and uh, f- during this whole time, there have been human pack mates, right? There have been humans that have been mated into or whatever, adopted into these packs. So, like, you you have to teach the children how to work together, play together, live together, be together without hurting each other while having, you know, the ability to turn into a leopard who could, you know, potentially bite off your face. So, beginning of the book... Aiden and Zyra have been kidnapped. They managed to escape. It is crazy. Uh, if this was ever turned into a movie, which I don't really want that to happen, but that's just me. Like, that whole escape scene would be, like, bonkers. Oh, maybe not a movie. Maybe a TV series. Really long TV series. Anyway, they end up being rescued by the Alpha for Rainfire. Rainfire is a... Are they leopard changelings? Or are they lynx? Hmm. let me go looking because now I don't remember um but he ends up being uh they end up being rescued by this um da, 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 da. rainfire 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 but I'm trying to remember if it says like what rainfire is they're cats I think that's just big cats oh I think he just got a bunch of big cats to go with him because I think one of his peop- main people I think is a tiger which I was like what so when they're rescued they end up spending time with these people because like they something was done to their brain and they can't up get into the signet um and so oh my neighbors have decided to share some music with us I'm kidding it's a car driving by um so one of the things that Aiden realizes is that like uh, the Rainfire Alpha Remy, um, short for Remington, um, like Lucas Hunter, like Hawk Snow, he has to find a way to create a kind of program, um, so that these arrow children who do have these abilities, that if they lose control over them, will cause, you know, death and mayhem and whatever, and beaten, it'll be tragic how to raise them without using torture, without using pain, without making them feel like they are completely worthless if they don't measure up the first time. And so he looks to what are some of the things that these 
Changeling packs were doing as examples. He also reaches out to Walker, who was an Arrow teacher, but is one of the things that's mentioned in this book is that he was removed from the Arrow schools because he just wasn't seen as like being sadistic and cruel enough, which I'm just like, mm, okay. Um, and so that to me, I thought was really, I really liked seeing that because yeah, this idea that like you can raise people, children without having to resort to really sort of awful methods, um, make sense and that to be able to pivot into that you are going to have to do things differently and you're going to have to take different steps and in, it, and in the case of the arrows it's not just for the younger children it's for all of them like why the, to realize that they all deserve sort of the chance to be more than what was ever believed that they could be right um so this book is gives us so much insight I think into arrows and the way that, that they work and what it means to be an arrow and to see these two arrows fall for each other and choose each other I was like oh I loved it so much and we definitely see lots of glimpses of other characters um there are um the bad guys of course trying to destabilize everything uh, and the way that the bad guys are trying to destabilize everything is that, you know, I mean, I hate to say it, but it is kind of brilliant, right? Creating um, irritation and friction between all different types of groups on different levels, right? So that eventually those small, small irritations get bigger and bigger and bigger. And if people don't communicate with each other, blow up into full-fledged fighting um so this book i think really it's like okay we defeated this one thing but that now doesn't mean that we live in you know perfect absolute harmony because all of the reasons why silence was implemented are still there all of the damage that has been done because of silence because of the way the councils have managed everything that hasn't gone away just because silence has fallen and so how do you navigate that um and how do you go forward whether you are an elite soldier uh, aka an arrow whether you're just a changeling pack trying to figure out what to do whether you're a regular regular human with a your business um so all of the, we get lots of touches of that and we get so the end of this book I guess to me this one was interesting in that I mean the end felt I think I'm always like but I want more give me more um and then of course the book ends and I'm just like but 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 I wasn't ready um and we also I think this book also I mean because the way it ends is I thought was really interesting we have like the scene with um a bunch of people creating this new sort of centralized concept and thinking and then there's a sign at beacon right and sign at beacon has been littered throughout 
the, the book and it's obviously a newspaper and whatever and it says breaking news and it talks about the trinity accord and many things are mentioned um and i think what's really interesting so the very it's the very last three paragraphs i'm gonna read them real quick for the first time in beacon history the squad has responded to a request for comment though in a way that fits its operating protocol the following statement was remotely added to this article three minutes before we push publish confirmation of its authenticity authenticity sorry provided by a phys, psychic seal sent through the executive editor's highly complex shields aiden kai had this to say the trinity accord is a test for the united earth federation to come into being as more than an idea we must first pass this test that responsibility lies with every man woman and child in the world we can decide to remain in our isolated bunkers becoming more and more obsessed with looking inward instead of outward or we can decide to be great together we can decide to stagnate or we can decide to grow we can decide to settle for the status quo or we can decide to reach for the stars. Choose. And and then literally the very next page is like, what's next on your reading list from Penguin Random House? I was like, <gasps> um, and what I thought was fascinating about ending the book like that, right? By ending it there with that sort of statement, you know, they eight we are left with this idea like what what we're going to be seeing upcoming in upcoming books is what who's choosing right who's choosing to stagnate who's choosing to grow who's choosing to work together who's choosing to look inward all of these things i mean it just was i was like oh ooh i like this um because in it does i feel like it sort of encapsulates through the end of this moment in time before we start the new sort of moment in time um also in this there's a, men- a mention of a bunch of uh changeling packs and i you know if nalini singh ever wants to just give us novellas about characters from these packs i would you know shit some bricks um because obviously we know the snow dancer wolves and the dark river leopards and we've met black sea changelings um who are featured prominently in this book um and we've met the stone water bears and we get more of them silver silence um the black edge wolves which we get in alpha night but there's the sun grass grazers first of all what what do you mean by grazers are we talking about different animals that graze i'm you know sun grass makes me think somewhere in a desert potentially what i want more ice ridge foxes bitch what ice ridge i want more um the dawn sky deer who have come up before um in just you know i think it a dawn sky deer is the owner of the nightclub that ever the changelings go to in san francisco or you know near change near the snow dancer pack land wind haven falcons we've met their alpha uh their alpha is called wing leader um and I would love if you got a book. I'd be like, yes. The Azure Sun Leopards, which is that leopard pack, uh, I believe in Brazil, which is where Mercy's grandmother lives and is alpha of the Desert Rain Lions. I was like, 
book when are we meeting desert rain lines like i want a desert rain line book please i beg of you the water sky eagles excuse me get what can we pretty please like like literally as i was like the ones that i, I look at me i can't even speak i can't even speak because i just i want i want it all um so of course a part of me is like oh does this mean we might see some of these in upcoming books i don't know because i'm not telling anything but if i we do then i would just say a bazillion thank yous um so yeah back to shards of hope this book oh also this book i feel like because there's like a bad arrow and he does bad things and then there's also like Nikita is almost uh, taken out of the picture. There's also a mention of something that shows up in Alpha Night that I was like, wow, wow. Look at you just giving us these details um, that we didn't even know were going to be huge, huge, huge later. Um, But this book, we see so much of the world I think um because Aiden is trying to sort of make connections that the squad will because he understands like Devraj understood as the leader of the forgotten like Snowdancer uh and Hawk understand like Dark River and Lucas understand that you cannot thrive in isolation that you will have to work together with others and at first it was like well with other changelings or with other humans but it's like no eventually for things to truly be well it will need to be groups from all three races working together um and so i really 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 enjoyed seeing him starting to reach out because it's so clear that that vision that he has is is huge and it you know it's mentioned throughout that like Aiden will by a few of the characters that he will be someone who will be written about in history books and I thought to myself yeah in the context of this world I can see the way that he leads the arrows out of you know sort of the dark and terror driven place into um a new place it's definitely meant for the history books um so i really i mean you know me guys i love all things nalini okay i'm gonna pause here and then i'm gonna come back and i'm gonna talk to you guys about the war priest by anne aguirre if it's not aguirre and i apologize hello again okay so um now i want to talk to you guys about a book um that i have to post a review of because i got an arc an advanced reader copy of um i've just been really really slow to the game because life anyway the war priest by anne aguirre um you're like why do you say it like that because i'm spanish okay and it's a g u i double r e so from my mind is aguirre Anyway, um, I had read the other book that I had read by her. Oh, what's it called? 
Mm, good question. Why am I blinking on it? Hmm. The Shadow Warrior. There we go. That was the that's the only book I've read by her. Um, and it's got a not so this is a paranormal. There are parts of the world I didn't understand because I hadn't read the other books in the series. Um, I had just started with Noxblade, which is I believe like the fifth book. So there was a brief kind of like um oh no, sorry, the Shadow War is the fourth book. So the it's a six book series uh, first book is leopard king followed by the demon prince followed by the wolf, wolf lord then the shadow warrior the war priest and last the jaguar knight so after this book there's one more so there were some things that i was kind of like i'm not sure what this means or what's going on but i really did love the shadow warrior because the two main characters uh i just really liked their whole dynamic it was different from what i'd seen before anyway so then I read The War Priest and this book, okay, I was mentioning, ooh, and I forgot to make a note of it, but I was mentioning something when I was talking about um, Shards of Hope um, in that this, okay, I remember this whole concept that like you have to reach out and work together with other people to be able to succeed kind of thing in terms of like where you want to go or where you you know for example for Aiden Kai where he wants the the squad to go um there's something somewhat similar in this book in the sense that um for our main characters we've got Callum and Joss and Callum was a monk but his cousin who was the leader of Burnt Amber died and so he was essentially next in line or next of kin or whatever or to lead so he has to leave uh his you know calling or whatever and come to Burnt Amber to lead oh and he's a bear shifter um whereas Joss is a cat shifter I believe she's a lynx um so he is in charge of leading the people of Burnt Amber, um, the bears of Burnt Amber, and doesn't feel at all worthy or ready and is kind of like, um, I'm just here in the interim to save uh, Burnt Amber because they are being attacked in, by the Golgoth. That part I didn't really understand. I'm not entirely sure because there was like good Golgoth and bad Golgoth and I didn't know why. And I'm sure the first like three books explained that. So I was a little lost there, but it wasn't like I was so lost that I couldn't read the book. I was definitely able to read it in, you know, the love story and the HEA for the love story. You you will understand all of that without ever being worried about, oh no, but I don't have the other book. But he was so... Now, in this case, in this book, Callum doesn't understand at first that he does need to reach out to others. Um, that he comes to the realization because Joss is like, you can do this and, you know, we can ask for help and we'll figure it out sort of together. Now, what's really interesting is that, like, because he's a monk, 
and she she she's a singer it's like nothing is supposed to happen between them because he has you know made vows of celibacy because it's a the brotherhood he's in is you know um they there is no sort of like they are alone like they, they don't have you know love no they have like family but they don't have a partner of any kind um and then you know things happen and eventually they both realize that like they are essentially you know gonna be that they belong together and end up together oh and the other thing that i thought was really interesting um callum was afraid of needing someone too much and smothering someone with the depth of his need um which is interesting because aiden in shards of hope doesn't ever think that he would smother zyra with the depth of his need i think to him it's like I will always need her and I will always make sure that she knows. In this book, in War Priest, Callum is worried that he would, he'll be too much for Joss and she will just, you know, want to run away from him. And that there's a reason for that. This, he's had someone sort of throw the depth of his love in his face kind of thing before. So he obviously has that sort of trauma. But what I really enjoyed about this book because it was at least for me very different from the previous book that I had read in the series right the two characters there were not you know no one was in charge of a group of people and keeping them safe they were actually you know um both out searching information and kind of like on their own and everything that they go through there's just more of like an adventure romance like they're on an adventure and then they fall for each other this was like joss leaves the safety of where she is to follow him to go with him and his people back to burnt amber and then like everything crazy that happens at burnt amber so it was it, it's a whole different sort of i think dynamic and joss is like i'm just a singer but like i can boost morale and help you communicate with people which i thought like that was one of the things that was very key about their relationship was that joss helped callum be able to communicate better with those around him and you know and if even if he couldn't figure out how she would then be like okay this is what we, you know let me say it instead and like help navigate all of this um so i really really did enjoy it like their whole coming together and there was um one of the things that i also thought that i really appreciated it's like oh you could have had these two characters be like oh the chasm mystery is so strong that we just succumb to it and i guess i'm with you even though i've broken my vows to the brotherhood blah 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 but there is um but joss is like not some like weak-willed little you know whatever she is someone who's like no i deserve to be chosen um and so she says i refuse to be a moment of weakness she said softly if you come to me it will be a conscious choice not because you failed a test i won't represent your biggest failure rather i want to become your greatest love more than your devotion to the order even more than your duty to burnt amber and i was like oh my god yes i'm so glad that she was like oh my god he he, he like just you know it's fine like we we couldn't help ourselves it she's like no i want you to choose to be with me because you want to be with me not be like oh i couldn't help myself and then look at what happened and 
well, what can we do? Oopsies, daisies, you know, so sorry kind of thing. Like, I, I really appreciated that she was just like, no, I'm not just going to be the mistake. Um, and, you know, you'll all, because then both of them would always be left wondering, right? Well, maybe you didn't really want to be with me or maybe I didn't really, you know. So I, I did like that. We had that moment where she was like, no, if you, if we ever do do this, it's because you've made this choice. And you are upfront about this is what you want, not just well, I couldn't help myself, and um, I really like I highlighted and like I think I went back and was like, oh yes, yes, um, but yes, I really really enjoyed the war praise because I I like paranormal and I like shifter books, um, I guess probably because it's like it's cool right like you can go from being like a regular regular person to a bear or a lynx or whatever um and so I really enjoyed sort of reading a paranormal um that but is also very different from what other paranormal I've read and this world that they're in and everything that's sort of happening um was I was like "Ooh, oh okay I see and just like um the different ways in which this concept of to succeed we must work together and not just we must work together but it's like by doing so by taking the chance of communicating at to others that you need help and then working together and learning how you can together you know come together and defeat the enemy kind of thing I guess maybe because of everything that's going on right now it helps remind me that like yeah like we can work together um in real world real real life as opposed to in book life um to work towards solutions to the problems to work towards uh the possibilities um that might seem really really unattainable on your own but coming and working sort of together can change that um so yes if you haven't read um and a year or if you have but you haven't read any books in this in this series um definitely and Callum is just like such a big bear like sweet but also like not sweet I don't know how to explain it um but I really really enjoyed it and it's been a little hard to read probably because the stress of everything and my job has been oof girls batshit I mean I'm thankful that I have a job because I know a lot of people don't have a job and I do get to work from home so that's a huge benefit but we've been dealing with a backlog of emails that at the height uh, we probably had a backlog of like 5,000 emails to get through. So there were moments where I was like, I'm going to stab my eyeballs out. Boop. Just scoop them out with a spoon. You're like, ew. I know. Don't you love the visual? Um, But yeah, reading has been a bit difficult. And I really liked that this book, I was able to like get into it and just like 
enjoy it and had such a good payoff and definitely has me curious for the next book because it's like "Mm, what's gonna happen in the next one um and like how because what I I think it's also interesting probably because this is a much smaller series right it's only six books we didn't see I think either yeah we didn't see um the previous couple from like the previous book um so but we did see you know other we did see some of the couples from the earlier books that I haven't read so I wonder like will the final book have multiple couples or just the main couple like how will that sort of play out um very very curious about that but yes I this is a good one to read I'm curious about the jaguar night now like hmm how will that happen um so yes uh other than that I'm trying to think what else did I want to mention um if you listened to last week's episode you know that Jackie Lau's pregnant by the playboy is coming out soon and Mr. Hotshot CEO is free all month long. Um, I started reading Katrina Jackson's Office Hours and oof, mm, I am loving it. Um, then again, I pretty much love everything she puts out, but guys, it's so, 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 so good. Um, and I, I've only just started reading it and I'm already like, let me get, let me get, let me get. Oh. I also started my ARC, my advanced reader copy that I got through Idlewise of Quana Jackson's Real Men Knit. And, oh, I'm 17% in and already Homegirl has me crying. <clears throat> I was like, we didn't even reach 20% before you started the waterworks. So what are you doing? I'm really, really curious to see how this one goes. Um, it's a contemporary. It comes out May 19th. So it comes out soon, which is why I like need to get get on reading z- 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 book. Um, but it is about a young man who him and his foster brothers have lost their foster mom, who becomes their adopted mom, and she had a knitting shop in Harlem, and all of his brothers are like, "We're gonna have to close it." And the, the youngest brother is kind of like, "Skirt, skirt, what?" So I'm very curious to see how that plays out. Um, so far, I really like how, at least for me, it feels, I can see the, the, the Harlem she's talking about. Um, so yes, I'm very, uh, so I'll keep you guys posted on, you know, my thoughts on real men knit, but so far I'm, I'm really enjoying it. All right. So I'm going to let y'all guys go. Uh, I hope you have a wonderful day. Um, have, you know, find something to have fun with this week, even if it's like a crazy dance party in your room by yourself, or, you know, you're able to take a glorious walk or something, just find something that's fun for you and do it, do it, have the funsies, 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 I don't know what, where that came from, but whatever, um, but yes, uh, next week, uh, it'll be Allegiance of Honor, because guys, we're getting close to Alpha and I, 
we're getting close. Um, yeah, it'll be a Legions of Honor, um, and anything else that I'm reading. And yeah, can't wait to see you guys next week for episode 21. All right. Bye guys.